And greetings in the name of Jesus. I do count it a tremendous privilege to worship my dear brothers and sisters at Myerstown. However, it is uh, just a bit disappointing to be here alone. And many of you are wondering, where is Joyce? She, her family is together for the weekend, uh, over an hour and a half away, and we allowed our children to influence our decision to separate a little bit this morning. Our children uh, are really enjoying their time with the cousins. So I'm here alone, and I am excited to share with you what the Lord laid on my heart. I plan to bring a message that, uh, that was assigned to me several months ago, and I believe it is a message that is becoming more and more necessary, pertinent, relevant, all of the above. I heard the story, I think it was here, I think it was across this pulpit, maybe it'll resonate with you, it's a long time ago, you know how some of the stories just stick, but the story went something like this, there was a man on the, on the construction job, and it was concrete day, so they were expecting the concrete truck to roll in, and early in the morning, sure enough, the concrete truck rolls in, and to his surprise, a woman was driving the big rig, and that, that's okay. Uh, that's, if, if a woman has that aspiration to drive the big rig, that's okay, but this is what I remember, the story, this is what I remember of the story. So most gentlemen will see heavy, heavy work and they'll try to help. So this man on the construction job quickly stepped up and you know, offered a hand on something that was very heavy. And she said, I'll have you know I will not allow a man to help me with this job. This is where he messed up. He said, yes, sir. <laughs> and then she blew it. How dare you call me? At the end of the day, everybody was kind of confused. <laughs> Title. Created male and female. Subtitle. Reflecting God through masculinity and femininity. Maybe to shorten the title, to abbreviate it. Reflecting God through gender. That's what I'd like to share this morning. You know, we talk a lot about God. I mean creation and made in the image of God, even created male and female. But in studying this text and for this message, I began to see something beautiful that I, I think I have missed over the years. And it's the part of reflecting God. Just let your mind... Go there. Try to, try to let that sing in. Reflect God. Reflecting God. I'd, I'd like to offer three 
simple points that I would like to kind of stage my thoughts. And all of them are caused to, to stir in our hearts wonder. You know, sometimes we sing that song, Oh Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder, I consider all the worlds thy hands have made. And, and, and sometimes we limit that to creation. But just think of, of all the dynamics of even male and female and how they reflect God. It's, I scarce can take it in. So the wonder of creation, the wonder of reflection, and the wonder of gender. Those are three wonders that I would like to uh, share with you this morning. I guess we could also title it Three Awesome Wonders. Well, hopefully that will kind of create somewhat of a framework where we're going to, to go this morning. And I will say that they do somewhat overlap. And really, most of what I'm sharing is just simple facts. Okay? Uh, when, when preparing a message, it's always good to, here's the truth, how do we apply it? And it's a little difficult for me to really narrow in on how to really apply it. And it comes down to simply wonder at it and believe it. Because we live in an age where the wonder is blurred and the belief is probably even more than blurred. So it's mostly uh, facts to believe. So the wonder of creation. Let's start there. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's so foundational. And it is so beautiful and so powerful. So much of what we believe hinges on that right there. In the, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Fast forward through the fascinating five days, uh, the first five days of creation, where there was light. The heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, the fish, the fowl, the, the lush vegetation, and now we'll come to day six. That was a supersonic speed through the first five days of creation. Day six, we have the animals. First the animals, as I understand it, and then God said, what did God say? Let us make man in our image. Now that is that is almost more than I can take in. We have the Trinitarian relationship. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I believe we're having a conversation. They said, let us make man in our image. So in a sense, you have a, a Trinitarian relationship. Uh, coming up with a plan and welcoming a created being into that relationship. Now that's more than humans can take in. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit devise a plan and in that plan they're going to create a, a created being and invite that created being into a relationship with the Trinity. That is incredible. 
and we just stop there and wonder for a while. Why? Why not the monkeys? Why not? God created man. I have the text. Let's just look at it. It's familiar. That this is right after God said, let us create man. So God said, let us create man. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for me. So, again, those verses are probably more than we can wonder at. It's... Praise God. Now I got a question. Go back to verse 27. God created man. So God created man in his own image. The verse prior says, God said, let us create man in his own image. So God created man in his own image. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Have you ever wrestled with that? I, please personalize this with me. Everyone, everyone. Personalize it. I am created in the image of God. And the likeness of God. I'm like, I'm like God. Does that mean that when God... Uh, this is kind of hard for me to even say or comprehend, but uh, let's say if you can visualize the God of heaven, and you, standing side by side, you're looking in a mirror. Do you see the same thing? Is that what it means? Does that mean that God has the physical appearances as we do? I used to kind of think that. I don't... No man has ever seen God. I don't think so. And I could, I stand to be corrected. I wonder if it's a, it's a much deeper than physical appearances. I wonder if it's more like soul likenesses. Soul likeness. Remember God created man and then he breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. I wonder if this idea of being created in the image of God and in the likeness of God is more about the soul part of us. We don't necessarily see your soul. You don't necessarily see my soul. As I understand the anatomy of humans, I understand it to be spirit, soul and body and that's scriptural so the spirit is that which part of us is dead we're not connected with God but then the soul part of us until the new birth 
okay? And that's why we're born again. There's a connection. Uh, the spirit is, is quickened and made alive. But the soul part of us is, is our, our mind to think. So I, I look at your faces, but I can't see your mind, what you're thinking. But you've got a mind to think. You have a will to reason. And you have emotions to feel. Sometimes you're happy, and sometimes you're sad, and sometimes you're even further than sad. So is God. God the, you, can, you can identify so many of God's emotions through the scriptures. You can identify through the scriptures God's will to reason. He, he has a will. God not willing that any should perish. He has a will. He has a... So, so in that sense, I think we're created in the image of God. We have a, we, we have a, a mind to think. We have a, a will to, to reason. We have emotions to feel. And all of that is so that we are, are created to know God, to intimately have a relationship with God. And to me, again, I, I scarce can take it in. That's how we're created. Created to have relationship with the God of heaven. Don't ever forget that. There's a whole lot more about that relationship part that we could explore. And I'll just... Uh, just wet your appetite a little bit about this whole part of knowing God. Now, you know when when uh, Adam it says Adam knew, knew Eve and created a and, and and there was a son born, and uh, Hannah knew her husband and there was Samuel was born. And sometimes just do a little study on that word, that Hebrew word. And then you go, go to Psalm 46 where it says, Be still and know that I'm God. Are you aware that that's the exact same Hebrew word? My point? This relationship is very deep and intimate. And God, that's what we're created for. I scarce can take it in. So God, we were made to, for relationships. So we know what happened. Uh, again, the wonder of creation. So God creates man. You know, I'm fast forwarding. Uh, Adam named the animals. I'm guessing he did that alone. And uh, some people like to speculate. Adam's male, female, male, female, male. Female. Looks around. and uh, I don't know how all that played out. But God said, hey, you should have a, you should have help me. And so God creates a woman. And I believe when God created a woman, God created Eve, and there they were, side by side. I believe they perfectly, so wonderfully, so gloriously reflected God. I think when they, remember, they were made in the image and likeness of God. And there they were, Adam in his masculinity, 
Eve in her femininity. And together, they just so beautifully reflected the image and the glory of God. And I will tell you, when the image of God is reflected, there is an enemy that cannot stand it. He hates anything that would remind him of the true, accurate picture of the living God. Well, he took issue to that. And we know the rest of the story. The rest of the story was the, that image was, I want to say it like this, marred. It was distorted. Sin entered the world. And again, it's more than I can comprehend even in my mind, let alone unpack it. It is just what happened in those moments, I don't think mortal man will ever be able to articulate. But it was, it was uh, incredible. So however it all played out, I don't know. But it, I know it, it happened. Some think that, uh, or some like to picture it kind of like this, where Adam and Eve were kind of maybe beside each other. You know, were, were they right side by side when the temptation, when the tempter came? Was Adam out? I mean, at one point, it does, we know that, we know that Eve took the fruit, gave it to her husband with standing right there. But how much time was involved? I don't know. I heard a scenario that I kind of like. And that's a possible scenario of, of Adam and Eve side by side. The enemy came in. They didn't recognize who he was. Unfortunately, if they would have recognized who this enemy was, they probably would have, it maybe would have played out different. But the enemy probably got in between them. The enemy probably even remembered, recognized that there is a weaker one and a stronger one. There is one that was, can be deceived and there's one that cannot be deceived. Well, cannot be deceived, I'm not sure. But the Bible does say Adam was not deceived. So he got his, his elbow in there somehow. And come on, Adam. Be a man, right? Well, I wonder if the enemy did his thing to just get Adam pushed to the side and, and, and had his dialogue with Eve. I, I don't know. But I know that this, it's a sad story. And the rest of the Bible, so, so all that happened. And, and you know as well as I do, the rest of the Bible is a story of redemption. That's, and it's not complete. The story is not finished. The story, we are in the story of redemption right now as we speak. The story of redemption to that point will culminate in when we get to Revelation 22. When Christ come back, comes back for his bride and when we're back to paradise, back to the beautiful place, back to the, 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 the relationship that was meant to be without the temptations and, and sinful, sinfulness of man. But we're in the story right now. So we're in this story, and God sends a powerful message through us, I believe, when we can get a hold of the simple truth of masculinity and femininity. Now, this is not necessarily a, a wedding sermon. 
It could be one. This relates to every one of us because every one of us is either masculine or feminine. Not all of us are married. But everyone is masculine or male or female. And in some way, God, uh, I believe, uses this powerful truth when we just get a hold of the simple fact of male and female and how the, the blend of the two, and it takes both to accurately reflect God. Well, let's uh, go. That's the first wonder, the wonder of creation. So let's look at the second wonder, the wonder of reflection. And here again, we're putting the same verse on the board. I want to get uh, on the wall. I want to get it over and over again. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness the wonder of reflecting if I would ask anyone that has artistic skills if I would ask them please come forward I'd, be, I'd really be curious nobody would come right some of you should probably nobody would and I would ask the artists, no, let's don't categorize the artists. Let's, all, let's say, okay, we're playing Pictionary, okay? That's when every, all of us non-artists have to become artists real fast. And we try to, and if I would say, now we're going to sketch out a picture that you would use to reflect God. Get everybody's mind on the likeness of God. Where would you start? Would you start trying to sketch out standing on the standing at the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon or maybe the Grand Canyon out west or some some wonder that just is You know what I mean. Sometimes you're at places where you just scarce can take it in. And there's a reflection. That truly does reflect God. It does. I should have got one of the most recent wedding pictures, but I was searching for a picture and this is the best I came up with <laughs> or would you just sketch that you be the judge what reflects God uh, my, my, my point is I'm going to go on to some scriptures the wonder of reflection it would be nice to stop and talk about the attributes of God. The you know God is just, God is holy, God is good, God is faithful, God is relational, God is, and on and on we could go. And and we're called to reflect God. So in what way, what picture would reflect the God of heaven? I should have, maybe I should ask you another question. I, I know this, I gotta, I've got to be careful how I word this because are you aware that the pronouns that are used for God has become a controversial issue? 
But if I would ask you, when you picture God, do you picture masculinity or do you picture femininity? And I would ask for a response. I wonder what would be the consensus of our group. The question, when you picture God, do you picture masculinity or femininity? And I hope some of you would say, duh. Because it's not a fair question. It's not an either or. I'd like to read, I'd just like to read just a few scriptures for the sake of time. Look at them. Make a note if you want. Look at Isaiah 66. Now I want to ask you what you see. Do you see masculinity or do you see femininity? And we could get the con go back at the context, but hopefully you can just see the picture that I'm, that I'm trying to portray. It's in Isaiah. The Lord's saying it. Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall you suck. You shall be born upon her sides and dandled upon her knees as one whom his mother comforteth. So will I comfort you and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. That's God talking to his people what he's going to be like. As one. That's a simile. That's what, like, that's the picture. Like a mother. I'm going to comfort you. Now, I don't use the word, uh, yeah, Joyce was dandling her granddaughter on her knee. But it, it simply means bouncing on her knee. It, it, you get it, right? A mother born the child to her side and then putting on her knee and just bouncing. It's a beautiful picture of comfort. And God's saying, that's me. Well, unfortunately, sometimes we, can, we limit our pictures of God to, and the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. Well, no more. I don't quite see the femininity of God in that, in that verse. But what I'm trying to say is that the God of heaven has the traits of masculinity and femininity woven all through his character. And in his created being, or, or, or the human race, are the same thing. But God has a beautiful plan of propagation and displaying those characters through masculinity and fe femininity. Those are just two, two, two verses we could look at more. Uh, I think of Jesus when he talked about, I just wanted to get you together like a mother hen gets her little chickens under her wing and just protect them. And on and on we could go through the scriptures. But I'm wanting us to see right now is the 
wonder of reflection through masculinity and femininity. So I really believe that in God we see the strength of man, we see the comfort of a woman reflecting God, and through male and female to a lost world who don't know God. Now, I'm going to put this up. You might not be able to read it. Statistics. Got to hate them, right? Most of the time. Somebody said there's white lies, there's black lies, and then there's statistics. And statistics can be stacked. But I'm going to try. I, don't, uh, I, I do have the source, but I'm not going to spend time on the source. I'm just going to tell you some, some simple statistics. This is a one decade that there, in, in, in 10 years, the professing Christians in America dropped by 11 million, okay? So that's what that graph is trying to say there. Uh, that's in one decade that's fairly recent. I think it's 09 to 2019. The, the professing Christians dropped 11 million. Now that's just professing Christians, okay? Now we understand that. Is everybody that's professing a Christian, a Christian, a follower of Christ? Probably not. This is just professing those that would say, I am a Christian. In a decade, it's down 11 million. In the same decade, another study revealed that there's a, whoops, there is a 30 million increase in those that would say, I don't have a religion. Non-religious. Now that's sad. I'll be honest with you, I get sick and tired of statistics, and I didn't really feel like digging out more statistics, but it would be very interesting to get the same decade, 2009 to 2019, and do a, a study on the success of marriage. Is there a correlation? What's my point? Reflecting God accurately. I am convinced that one of the cores of accurately reflecting God is simply understanding gender, understanding masculinity and femininity. And I believe that our culture has done a very poor job of accurately reflecting God through masculinity and femininity. And I believe it is showing up in even people wanting to be part of a, I don't know what else other word to use, than, than a religion, Christianity. So if this was a marriage seminar or a wedding message, I'd really emphasize the importance of making marriages or investing everything we can into our marriages, those of us that are married. If I would ask everyone that's married, do you want a good marriage? I don't think anyone would say, nope, I don't want it. Don't want a good, those of you that are married. 
I don't think anybody said, nope, I don't want a good marriage. So it would be a unanimous yes, I'm assuming. Then my follow-up would be, why? Why do you want a good marriage? Why, do, why should we want a really good marriage? I used to think that a good marriage is ultimately for our happiness, and it, it is. We are very blessed when we have a good marriage. But the, a good marriage not only brings us delight, but it sends a powerful message to the whole world about the, about the God of heaven. It reflects God. The, re, the wonder of reflecting God. And then we get into the, the, how the similarities of the Christ and the church. And again, I, just, I, I simply can't take it all in. But when the beauty and the tenderness and the creativity of a woman blend with the one, blend in oneness with the strength and the love and the leadership of a man, it in some way preaches a powerful message to the world about the existence of God. I wonder, or the wonder of reflecting God. So my conclusion is that I would... It's probably my greatest mission field right here. I think it is my greatest mission field. My greatest mission field is my marriage. Because it, it in some way reflects God. This is a great mystery, so I want to encourage all of us in that. And the last one is the wonder of gender. So the wonder of gender, again, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. I hope you're not tired of repetition because repetition will somehow reinforce truth. And there it is again. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And I won't go into the, the, the three beautiful points, the beauty, the balance, and the bond. It is so beautiful. It should be so balancing. And it should be so bonding. With all the gender confusion, I believe we need to be very intentional. Okay? I used to think it's way out there. But we need to be so intentional on a few simple things. One of the things that we as fathers and mothers need to be very intentional, very, very intentional in this our day, is to teach line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, their entire years of growing up. They're growing up in a world that is very confused about this subject. And I think they need to be taught. They're created by God. And they're the, teach your little girls that they're so beautiful. They're tender. They're delicate. They're the weaker vessel. They bring creativity. They have just as much to offer as the men, the boys that are throwing stones and the tough little boys. And you need to teach, teach, all, teach the boys that God created them for a specific reason, so beautiful, with, with purpose. And he's given us a, a strength and, and, and maybe a, a willingness to, to fight the battles of life and to, to lead out in the tough areas and to, to plow through the fog and 
That needs to be taught as a child. Furthermore, at the age of about, I used to say 12, but it's getting lower and lower, we must teach our children the differences between boys and girls and how beautiful it is and how holy it is. It's sanctified. One of the best resources I was going to bring it along is the book by John Koblenz, God's Will for My Body. And I bet if I would ask for a raise of hands, I'll bet, I'm hoping 50% or more hands would go up. There's other resources too. To me, I think John does a tremendous job of in about eight lessons just unpacking the beauty of gender. And it comes to some points where you get your son to, to write out. He says, your son writes out, and he prays verbally. He says, dear God, thank you for making me a male. Thank you for my, your plans for my body. And he goes on into just so carefully in a godly manner addressing the sexual purity part of gender from both aspects. I, I just want to encourage every mother and every father to don't miss that. If they learn those things somewhere else, it's probably going to be unhealthy. And some of us probably remember that all too well. So I just want to encourage everyone to uh, use resources, and however you do it, teach the wonder of gender. It's so, so beautiful. It starts with accepting and even thanking God. I think it is so beautiful for every little girl to say, thank you, God, for making me a girl. And I think it is so beautiful for every boy to say, thank you, God, for making me a boy. And we as parents must walk with them through that. And it's sometimes hard to do, but it is a tremendous opportunity. I think God is so serious about this gender that he doesn't only want us to uh, say thank you for the cre creating me male, female, or whatever. I, there are three visible signs that I believe uh, call out in celebration to gender. Now, that's a term that I just recently heard, and I love it. Celebrate gender. So, the Bible has very clear, clear instructions about hair, head covering, and clothes that I think a first grader could get it. Let's look at it. And again, these are not hard laws to make our lives miserable. They are beautiful ways to proclaim and, and preach, if you will, celebration of gender. Here we go. Hair. God is very jealous over our hair from the perspective of male and female. He says, in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, he says, does not even nature teach you, itself teach you, that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. I didn't say it. This is celebrating gender. I, I, my short hair is a celebration of gender. I, I'm a man. <laughs> my hair is not hanging down here. 
I'm a man. I'm celebrating. Let's go on. But if a woman have long hair, it's a glory to her. Her hair is given to her for a covering. So a woman is given long hair. And it's a celebration of gender. I wish we could unpack the, the veiling part of it. And the, the word there, covering, I think we're all aware, is a, is a different Greek word than this. But a woman is given long hair and a man is to have short hair and it's to celebrate gender. The veiling or head covering. Every man that prays or prophesies, having his head uncovered, dishonoreth his head. Every woman, I'm sorry, every man that prays or prophesies, having his head covered, dishonors his head. But every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one as she were shaven. I think I'll just leave it at that. It, it's, it's so clear. A man should not cover his head. A woman is to take her long hair that's given to her for her glory and not flaunt it to the world, but have it veiled. There it is. It's a law. It's hard to do. My, no, we're celebrating gender. It's a celebration. Is that too optimistic? I don't think so. Clothes. A woman should not wear a man's garment, nor should a man put on a woman's cloak. For whatever, whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. I realize I went to the Old Testament for that, but I think it's, I think it's fair to say there's men's clothes and there's women's clothes. And when I wear a man's, a man's garment, I'm celebrating gender. I don't want to be confusing. I don't want to send a confusing signal to the world. And I, I don't think anyone here does as well. So I'd like to promote those three visible signs that we find in Scripture to celebrate gender. And I want to, again, emphasize the importance of male and female on the marriage team. And it's, 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 it's heavenly. Not only the marriage team, just in society, male and female. In closing, uh, I'll never forget a snowy morning after a snowstorm. We're all snow lovers, right? The morning after a snowstorm. Uh, how much better can it get? That's if you don't have a long, long driveway, right? Uh, it was one of those snowy mornings where, you know, I just got up a little bit later and enjoyed the slower, relaxed pace of life. And I'd look out at the driveway and say, yeah, that's got to be done. And Well, time came where we started on... Removing the snow off the driveway. Now, I do it a kind of a, a redneck way. I have a four-wheeler that's not meant to, not meant to, to uh, remove snow. It's, it's uh, a rear-wheel drive. 
And if you know my driveway, there's about only one way to do it if you have more than about four inches of snow. That's you come racing out of one of the bays in the, in the, the center bay in the drive, and you go get down to the mailbox, and then you, I, I have a system that it, it kind of works. The, the neighbor with a four-wheel drive, four-wheeler, I'm sure, has his entertainment show. But to me, it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. And I, I, remember, I remember doing it and coming in from, from doing that. And I don't know what it is with snow, but, the, but my wife always will make fresh homemade donuts. And the girls chime in. And, and I, I remember the moment. I came in. The snow, snow was all removed. And I was enjoying these donuts. It's about as good as it gets, right? But then I thought, ha, huh, I wonder what it would have liked if Joyce would have did the driveway. And I thought I would have enjoyed watching that. And she probably would have really enjoyed me watching donuts, uh, yeah, watching me make donuts. Uh, the, the blend of masculinity and femininity is so beautiful. Watching an IMAX also uh, reinforced this. Tarina was a little baby. And Joyce was holding Tarina, and all of a sudden, this train came through the. It looked like the train was coming through the screen and in and into us. And then the, the there's vibration that made it feel it was intense. My little daughter, who always felt the comfort of her mother's arms, all of a sudden said, "I want dad." I tell you what, I held my daughter like I would never did before. It made me, they, they, a little child even understood some basic things about masculinity and femininity. So, in closing, oh Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder. And if you're a poet, please pen a song, pen a verse that would capture the beauty of masculinity and femininity. The song is beautiful, but it almost limits to the creation. It does go on to uh, other aspects of it, but I hope if nothing more this morning, we were all caused to wonder. The wonder of creation, the wonder of reflection, and the wonder of gender. I truly scarce can take it in. Let's all stand for a closing dismissal prayer. Uh, Damien, maybe it would be a fitting verse to sing, uh, Oh Lord my God, when I an awesome wonder, after the prayer. Father in heaven, we come in the name of Jesus, and we just say thank you for the simple truth we looked at this morning. And to us as Christians, we all know and admit it's so beautiful, it's so glorious, it's we, we simply stand in awe. And Father in heaven, now I pray for a special amount of grace to accurately reflect God. We all have our unique callings in life. Not every one of us is in a marriage unit, but I pray God that in some way, shape, or form, whatever our calling is, you would help us to accurately reflect you and to celebrate gender to a lost and dying and confused world. 
would you please dismiss us with your blessing so we can be a blessing to others in the name of Jesus. Amen.